the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. For every $25 you bet on college basketball, WinBet is giving you a chance to win a trip to Las Vegas for March Madness and $1,000 in free WinBet credits. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And of course, make sure you download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome everyone to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Monday, February 28th, 10.32 on the East Coast. The final week of February as we enter March in a couple days, but here to break down all the NBA action that happened over the weekend and to dive into the Monday night games, my esteemed co-host and colleague, Terrell Furman Jr. Terrell, how are you feeling this Monday evening, brother? Man, I feel great. I feel rested, ready to get back to another week. Um, the Knicks are just doing me so well. They're doing me so well, fading them in the best spots and making a lot of money doing it. Absolutely great. Shout out to the Memphis Grizzlies and the Minnesota Timberwolves for making my NBA season that much happier because now I can just sit here and watch, you know, those guys play and no worries. If they lose, they lose. If they win, then I'm good because, hey, they look good. Jaws is slowly becoming a superstar. Just throw that out there. Jaws slowly becoming a superstar. Best believe that. Yeah, he's definitely knocking on the door of, of becoming a superstar. It's just so fun to watch him play, man. And, um, you know, if you're a casual NBA fan and you haven't, tuned into watching a Memphis game. I highly recommend it just to watch John Morant play basketball, but overall that Memphis team is doing absolutely fantastic. And, um, you know, Terrell predicted that this team is going to be what you said, Western conference finals, Terrell. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll be playing for the Western conference finals. Yeah, it looks I, like if, if the Suns, and that's really the thing to really talk about the Suns have, are one and two without Chris Paul thus yeah. far. Mm-hmm. And so they got to get it together. They got to get together. You could see that it's obvious without the floor general there, not even on the offensive side of the ball, but the defensive side of the ball, that they're just out of sorts and they're out of place. People are not getting over on switches correctly. Yeah. Everything's not moving. He was like the captain of the ship over there, and without the captain, then everything else is going to fall apart. So they really need somebody to step up on a leadership perspective, whether it's a Jay Crowder, who probably is best suited to do that, but mm-hmm. they need to they need somebody to step up on a leadership perspective for that team and just to make sure that, hey, at all times, everybody's in the right spot because he can only do so much from the bench when they're out there playing on the court. So this is going to be interesting to watch the Suns in this second half of the season because, you know, one and two now, but if losses start piling up, then they'll find themselves as the two seed really quickly. And I'm telling you, whether it's the Suns or whether it's Golden State, if they get to a if they get to a matchup with Memphis, they are going to be sick. 
They're going to be sick. Memphis is coming for his this offseason. I'm telling you, this postseason. I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah, Memphis is looking really good. Uh, they're also one and one out of the All Star break here, but it's only been two games for them. But um, they're going to get, like we mentioned yesterday, and you mentioned this, that they're eventually going to get Dylan Brooks back at some point. Uh, we just don't know exactly when, uh, but expect him to be back. Their best, probably their best defender. Um, and then obviously offensively, John Moran. No, it, no, Triple J. Oh, yeah. Dylan Brooks yeah, is really good. Yeah, Dylan yeah, Brooks sorry. is really – he's yeah, best right. perimeter defender. Yeah, I'll perimeter. give him that. He's their better perimeter defender. But Triple J is is arguably defensive player of the year. Yeah, you're right about that, 100%. Um, Dylan Brooks, definitely their best a perimeter defender. And then when you have Triple J, a guy um, – we were backing while well, I was at least backing his player props with the market hadn't caught up. And this guy was getting like four blocks a night, but definitely in the conversation for a defensive player of the year. Uh, I believe Terrell, you also give that out around what 60 to one, 50 to one. And now it's all the way down to let's see here for triple J defensive player of the year. Uh, he's now at he's not 700. Win. He, he won't win, but yeah, he won't win, but it is he's, in that conversation, when you sit here and you talk about the best defensive players in the league and you talk about uh, Rudy Gobert, and even though we haven't seen him, Ben Simmons, and you talk about a Giannis Antetokounmpo, and you talk about Draymond Green, Triple J is right up there with them, and he can surpass them. So it's great to see him. He's doing a lot. of. This is a really good season for him. He's finally healthy, not really having too many issues this season. This is, this is why Memphis is that good, because of guys like Triple J, because of guys like Dylan Brooks, and it's going to be great to see this in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, right now – He's the third uh, favorite to win the Defensive Player of the Year award. Rudy, Rudy Gobert, minus 160. Giannis, plus 425. Jaron Jackson, Triple J, plus uh, 700. And then Draymond Green is at 10 to 1. Uh, so, yeah, he's right up there in that conversation. Um, quickly, let me recap our picks or mine and Scott's picks from last Friday as we filled in for McKee. Um, had a pretty good night. Uh, Scott lock was uh he took a player prop he took lebron's rebounds over eight and a half that one cashed easily without anthony davis in the lineup and then his dog was the wolves plus 140 against the sixers um i saw a note after we struck or closer to game time that the wolves had not won back-to-back games since november and you know james harden and joel Embiid looked really good in that game for the Philadelphia 76ers, they look good against the Knicks. Um, but he took an L there. So one and one for him there. Uh, no sweat off the back. Uh, and then my picks, I had the Heat minus five and a half against the New York Knicks. That one cashed uh, fairly easily in that fourth quarter in that final stretch. And then I had the Thunder plus 240 on the money line against the Indiana Pacers in Indiana. And that one cashed as well. So a pretty great day on Friday. For the NBA Gambling Podcast, we're now back on the saddle here on Monday to uh, hopefully find some more winners here, Terrell. But uh, uh, anything else that you wanted to mention from over the weekend? I know you talked about the Knicks. Uh, they took a L against the Sixers yesterday. Uh, the Lakers looked like the Lakers last night against the Pelicans. We got to stop enabling that. We be enabling we we as the media we kind of enable it a little bit to just go Knicks Lakers like the first thing we talk. There's no reason. Let's just stop talking about bad basketball teams. Let's just start, like yeah. let's just stop talking like we because no because for real, like and it's it's because they're in a larger market and they're bad. But we don't sit here and we don't talk about the Trailblazers how the Trailblazers got blew out over over the course of the weekend or anything like that. We never really talk about. I mean, a Rockets a little bit is your Rockets fan, but like yeah. those smaller market teams that are bad, we never really talk. We got to stop giving just because they're in a large market. We got to stop giving bad teams a whole bunch of extra publicity. 
all oh, the Rockets are bad. Trust me. I, I actually do sit through the games. I mean, they were competitive last night, but um, like we kind of want them to lose and get a better draft pick. But yeah, right. I think for the whole Lakers conversation, the whole Knicks conversation, you're right that, that because they are in a bigger market and because they have names, or at least the Lakers do like Anthony Davis and LeBron James, it's easy to pick on those type of players when their teams are not succeeding. And, you know, we've talked about LeBron James at volumes, whether it's been on the podcast, whether it's been in the NBA Slack channel, when it seems like people root and the haters root for LeBron James to lose and lose the way that they're losing. And it's easy for them to target him because of the type of player that he is one of the greatest to ever do it. And it's just an easy target. It's easy for me to make fun of. And I don't want to turn this into a Lakers rant, but we do that every other podcast. But yeah, I mean, at a point, we just have to sit back and say, look, this is a bad team this year. You get into the offseason, you got to have a roster turnover, but you're right that the roster, at least for at least both the Knicks, the Lakers, it's not good right now and that you're getting the results that you are right now. I'll say that much. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying we just we don't sit here and we don't open up the show ever talking about oh the Wizards got blew out over the course of the weekend. The Wizards yeah. so da, 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 da. like we we put a lot of emphasis. I'd rather sit here and you know if we're going to talk about something, talk about you know the smaller market teams that are doing really good like a Memphis or like we did or anything like that. But we keep giving we keep giving extra attention. The Knicks and the Lakers are bad basketball. That is terrible basketball, and yeah. it just doesn't. There's there's nothing really to talk about. They're just not good. They're not good. LeBron James, yes, LeBron James is one of the best players in the league. We know that he cannot carry a team anymore. He's he's 37. Yeah, he can't carry a team anymore. That team was built around Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is out, so the Lakers are irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, one game I did want to mention was one of the, the first I think it was the first game on ESPN last time. Yeah. Between the Dallas Mavericks and the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Dallas went on a 26 to one run in that fourth quarter to come back and get a six point victory over the Warriors. 107, 101. Uh, Steph Curry, in that game scored 27 for the Golden State Warriors. But I think, you know, we've talked about the Dallas Mavericks. Asshole. They're quietly sitting at 36 and 25, another small market team. I know they have Luka, one of the best players as well in the NBA, but the defense that this team was playing in that fourth quarter actually watched this game was absolutely fantastic. And I think we need to give the flowers to Jason Kidd for what he's been able to do with this Dallas Mavericks team, at least on the defensive side of the basketball, because they are one of the better teams on defense. And, you know, we talked about the Phoenix Suns at the top of the show about, you know, without Chris Paul, they they look a little... Um, I don't, say, I don't think loss is the right word, but it shows how important CP3 is to his basketball team, especially in clutch time. But for the Warriors, if they want to get the number one seed, you can drop games like that. And they did this last night, 107-101 against the Dallas Mavericks. But give credit to uh, the Mavericks for coming back and winning that game um, last night. Uh, anything else that kind of stood out to you over the weekend? Boston, Boston yesterday as well. They lost by 21. But anything else that kind of stood out to you? I mean, that didn't stand out because I expected that. So <laughs> that was that was that was already guaranteed. I no, nothing really. It was. I'm trying to remember. I'm gonna go back and look and see if any of these th- games were really. Well, the Saturday we night game about, between we talked Brooklyn about. And, we talked uh, about Brooklyn and and Milwaukee did. already. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we did on the other podcast. Oh yeah, yesterday. Before, but mm-hmm. basically. Oh, so this is the so this is the news. So they repealed the act. They repealed the vaccine mandate. However, because it only got repealed in, I guess, the public sector, and I believe it didn't get repealed in the 
private sector, private sector that yeah. Kyrie that Kyrie is only allowed to go to the game as a spectator. He cannot go to the game and play. So that's what's going to be the interesting thing. So they repealed it. However, he's still not eligible to play. There's still going to be some more things that need to be happening to get him eligible to play at home games. Yeah. So, I mean, so he's pretty, my handicap for the my handicap. Um, yeah, he can. Uh, maybe he can. He can. can he? Ah, he can. Yeah, so he can. I don't know. Whatever. He can go as a spectator. <laughs> he can go and watch the game and not play. The, the main point is that he cannot play in this game. And so the handicap for the Brooklyn Nets is very simple. If Kyrie can play every single game, they're going to be really, really good when Ben Simmons gets back and, Ky- and Kevin Durant gets back. Durant's if due he back can't play every... Huh? Durant's due back this week. Yeah, so when yeah. everybody comes back, they're going to be really good. They're going to have a lot of depth on this team, and they're not going to need to play the old players that they have so many minutes because they can rotate them in and out. Whereas if Kyrie is only there for half of the games, then it becomes easily a little bit more difficult because you're missing one of the top 10 and 15 players in the NBA. So... Yeah. It's simple for Brooklyn. They're going to have to really rely on KD, and Ben Simmons is going to have to be able to facilitate that offense and get other people going if he's not going to be scoring himself. Yeah, I think I saw a note that said, obviously what we just discussed, but then I think they said that at some point by, I think they said March 13th or mid-March that Kyrie may be eligible to play um, in home games in Brooklyn. And I'll try to get more information on that, uh, bring that up in the Wednesday podcast, but um, yeah, at least a, a step in a direction where Kyrie will at some point, whether it's sooner rather than later, be eligible to play in the uh, home games for the Brooklyn Nets. But yeah, uh, the other news for the Brooklyn Nets that KD is due back. I think they said this week, maybe another game or two, but he should be coming back. And quickly before we get to the Monday games, uh, you know, on a podcast yesterday, Terrell, you picked the Brooklyn Nets to, you know, maybe there's some value to get on the Brooklyn Nets before these guys come back. And cause those odds are only going to get worse. So do you think this is a good time to pick up some futures on the Brooklyn Nets? If you think, you know, they're going to make a run good right now, I their odds it. have dropped up five to one. I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind it at all. Especially if, if this is figured out by the time the playoffs comes, Mm-hmm. then it's perfectly fine. Kyrie doesn't need to be at the home games for the rest of the season. Brooklyn is more or less locked into whatever playoff spot they're going to be. They're going to be somewhere between six and eight. That's yeah. the, be- the best best case scenario is six. Worst case scenario, well, worst case scenario is out of playoffs, but I don't think they're going to do that, so eight. If Kyrie is back and Kyrie is able to play at home games at any like at the start of the playoffs, mm-hmm. then they automatically become an entirely better team. Automatically, automatically become an entirely better team Mm -hmm. because they already have somewhat of a rapport with them playing halfway through the season. This isn't like somebody that was injured and is just coming back for the playoff run. And now they're trying to find the rhythm again. Kyrie has been there for what little time he has. He has been there. So it's more of an easier acclimation period because now he's just playing in home games. You're getting them back in the home. Now, my question would be, how does he look, you know, playing? He hasn't played in Brooklyn in forever. So the rim isn't the same the atmosphere isn't the same going out there and playing the rim is a lot bigger when you're playing at home and you're used to shooting on it but he isn't used to shooting on it so we'll see we'll see how it goes i think they'll be fine i think that is fine if you want to get down on some brooklyn props i think brooklyn and miami are my two to make it out the east yeah i don't like the bench death for philly and i don't like the bench death for my milwaukee and i don't Mm -hmm. like that cleveland is so young so 
those two, those are my favorites. And then if you want a sleeper pick, I think the Raptors are a perfectly fine sleeper pick. Yeah, right now the Brooklyn Nets are three games out of that number six spot in the Eastern Conference and four games out from that five spot, um, trailing obviously the Bucks, the Celtics, and Raptors in that order as the five, six, and seven seed. So um, you never know. I mean, Brooklyn, once, like you said, if they get their guys back, I think they can make a run reeling off seven, eight, nine wins in a row. And who knows? They probably will be out of that play-in tournament for uh, that Eastern Conference. Uh, anything else that kind of stood out to you over the weekend, Terrell, before we get into the Monday night games? No, let's go. All right, so let's take a quick break here. We'll come back and we're going to dive right into these Monday night uh, NBA games. WinBet has a massive college basketball contest. The grand prize winner will receive a reserved seating area for seats at the world-renowned Win Las Vegas race and sportsbook for early round action of the college basketball tournament Thursday, March 17th and Friday, March 18th, as well as two rooms at Win Las Vegas for a two-night stay. In addition, they will be rewarded with $1,000 in free bets on WinBet. Any WinBet patron that places a $25 minimum wager on college basketball during the promotional period will become eligible for the prize, and players can take advantage of the offer immediately. There is no limit to the number of entries that a patron can receive into the grand prize drawing. For example, if a patron wagers $1,000 on college basketball during the promotional period, they will receive 40 entries. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 years or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, coming off of the break, let's get into this Monday night schedule. We have about, let's see, one, two, three, six, seven games on the board. Let's start it off with the first one here, Terrell. We have the Indiana Pacers headed down to Florida to take on the Orlando Magic, where the Orlando Magic opened up as a two-point favorite. That number is now down to minus one. Total opened up at 229.5. That number is up to 231.5. Checking the injury report for both of these teams for the Indiana Pacers. Not yet one submitted. They did play yesterday against the Boston Celtics. For the Orlando Magic, Markel Fultz is probable tonight for the Orlando Magic. Uh, Jonathan Isaac and Mo Wagner continue to be out for the Magic. But, Terrell, let's start with the side here. Let's call it minus one for the Orlando Magic hosting the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, I think this is a good spot for the Miami. Well, not Miami, but for the Orlando Magic. I like them here in this spot. I think that this is an opportunity for – at this point, everybody is tanking. So, yeah. It's hard to it's hard to predict these games, and that's probably why this line is so short and is mm-hmm. moved from two to one. Yeah, I'm not really afraid of the mind movement. I think that that's an overreaction to the 21 point lead game that they beat Boston by yesterday. Indiana is not that good. Indiana is not that good at all. They gotten some of their pieces back. Tyrese Halliburton was a really good ad for them, and he's playing well. But Indiana is still not a good basketball team. Neither one of these teams are really good basketball teams. But however, I like the talent of. Orlando a little bit more and word on the street is that Markel Fultz is coming back for this game. Yeah, probable. And so it'll be interesting to see how he fits into the rotation and how everything goes for them. Will that slow them down? I'm not really sure. I don't really think so. And this, again, this is a first game of a back-to-back set. So they're about to play two here and mm-hmm. two here in this, um, in Orlando. Yeah. So I think that this is an opportunity. The magic, got a good win against the Rockets. I think that this is another chance for them to just take another step forward and beat a bad basketball team. Both of these defenses are really bad, so I expect there to be a lot of points to be scored. 
and it, it tighten up defensively in the second go around when they come back and play this game again in two days from now. Mm-hmm. But Wendell Carter Jr. is really, really good. I don't think that they have anybody that really matches up with them at all. Yeah. And so I expect him in double-double territory. Matter of fact, in four, his last four games against the Pacers, he's had 18 rebounds, 13 rebounds, nine rebounds, and nine rebounds. So he's been right there a couple of times, and he had a big game with 18 and another with 13. So I expect him to be there. I expect him to be in double-double territory. Franz Wagner and Jalen Suggs are possibly, possibly the best drafted duo of anybody in the league this past season. Yeah, And the fact that both of them are playing like strong minutes, strong minutes for them, is going to be really good. But ultimately, this is all going to rest on Cole Anthony and how efficient can Cole Anthony be. And with Markel Fultz coming in, you got to think that that's going to limit Cole Anthony a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so now it's going to be interested to see how those two are sharing minutes. I would I would assume that Markel Fultz is going to come in and, you know, play some run with the second unit if he gets in there. Maybe R.J. Hampton sees ticks back in what he's doing. But with Terrence Ross and Gary Harris, I just like the talent around this Magic team a little bit more than the Pacers. So give me the Magic laying a short number. Yeah, Magic with the rest advantage here tonight against the Indiana Pacers, obviously. Uh, Pacers on the back-to-back here. But um, – you know, the one thing that does concern me is Orlando's three-point defense is, is one of the worst in the league over the last five games. Um, but again, they only have a one-game sample here since the post-All-Star break. But you know, when you have a team that has that rest advantage, I'm going to take that. Um, I'll take the home team first here in this back-to-back situation like we mentioned. Uh, both these teams are matching up against each other in uh, two two straight games here. So Orlando, and I think the key is for me here is what you exactly said, Terrell, is that Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter Jr. have that advantage inside against the Indiana Pacers. I don't think they really have a big body inside other than Goga to really contain those two guys and expect, like you said, Wendell Carter to have a big game. I expect Mobamba to have a big game as well. I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if both of those guys have a double double here tonight um, for the Orlando magic. And then you have Jalen Suggs and then Cole Anthony, like you mentioned on their perimeter. So, you know, Halliburton has looked really good for the Indiana Pacers. He had a great game yesterday against the Boston Celtics. But with the rest advantage here, I will take Orlando as well. Uh, call it the money line. I mean, it's a minus one line, but we'll just take it on the money line here. And you did say you expect to see points in this game, Terrell. Yeah, I think that there will be some scoring done. I'm sure that the Pacers won't have any chance scoring on Orlando, and I don't think Orlando is going lying down today. Even if they do lose, I think that it's going to be a close game and both teams are going to be going back at it. Gary Harris may be trying to – put up a little of uh, some numbers against Indiana, you know, and he's from the state of Indiana. He played a bunch of games in Indiana back when he was in the big 10. So Gary Harris could have a pretty nice day here, but it's all about Wendell Carter for me in this game. Yeah. Indiana Pacers uh, over their last 15 games, 13 and two to the over and the Orlando magic uh, three out of their last four games have gone over the total uh, in their That's what Rick Carlisle does. Yeah. That's what Rick Carlisle does. He just says, fuck defense. We're not playing defense. We're going to score more t- points than the other team. Mm-hmm. And how they lose is when, guess what? They don't score more points than other teams. So yeah. it's a recipe for an over. I like it. Yeah. Uh, anything else for this game before we move on? No, I'm good. All right. Let's get over to the next game. We have the Minnesota Timberwolves headed to Cleveland to take on the Cavaliers where the Minnesota Timberwolves opened up as a one and a half point favorite. That number is now all the way up to minus three and a half for the Timberwolves. Uh, total opened up at 222 and a half. That number has uh, come down by four points 
218 and a half. Let's check the injury report for both of these teams. For the Cleveland Cavaliers, Darius Garland is out. Karis LeVert out. Rajon Rondo out. And then for the Minnesota Timberwolves, um, pretty clean injury report. Malik Beasley is the only one on the report, but he is probable with a non-COVID-related illness. Terrell, let's start with the side here, man. Let's call it minus three and a half for the Minnesota Timberwolves as a road favorite in Cleveland tonight. Yeah, I'm on Timberwolves here. Cleveland is good. Cleveland is a great story, but I think that the Timberwolves are rolling. Like, Timberwolves are hot right now. Yeah. And even when they lose, it feels like that they're in the game. It feels like that they they at some point had a chance to win that game. Mm-hmm. And without Darius Garland out there, without Karis LeVert out there, or Rajon Rondo out there, it, the lack of guard play for the Cleveland Cavaliers is concerning. Although we've seen them win without it before. Sure. Excuse me. We've seen them win without it before. Like they've been able to win without it before. But I think that Minnesota is now reaching a point where they understand that they're at another level. Minnesota is probably hungrier for this game on the road. This is a non-conference road spot. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's a bit concerning there. But I think that Minnesota is getting up for this game. I think they understand where they're at in the season and that they are on the bubble. They're trying to move up to six and get out of that playing game right. and push the Nuggets down or push the Jazz down or push whoever down and push their way up to six. So I think that they're going to be out here trying to win every single night and not being caught asleep at the wheel. So I really do like Memphis in this spot. Not Memphis, Minnesota. Minnesota. I like Minnesota in this spot. Carl in Towns, everybody knows what I said about him. He is one of the few unguardable players in the league. So Jared Allen is going to have his handful with him all day. And D'Angelo Russell is a little bit streaky against the Cavs. In his last six games, he has three threes, five threes, six threes, four threes, five threes, four threes. So I'm interested in D'Angelo Russell threes today against the Cavs team who over the last five games are the worst in three-point percentage, opponent's three-point percentage. So I'm looking forward to seeing D'Lo tonight. Anthony Edwards, if he just gets going, this team is going to be so scary. He He's slumping right now, mm-hmm. and it happens. It happens to people all the time. He's just going through a slump. When he gets out of it, this team is going to be incredibly dangerous. Yeah, uh, you you hit the nail on the head. Is that the guard play right now? It was That was the one thing that stood out for me the, for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, they've lost pretty much every guard that they've had in that backcourt, obviously with Colin Sexton in the beginning of the season, Darius Garland now out, the trade that they made for Rajon Rondo, he's out. Ricky Rubio, who tore his ACL, but eventually got traded. Um, so it's it's a little thin back there, and I look for D'Lo, and I think this might be a game where maybe Anthony Edwards does get out of that funk uh, because they do really don't have the perimeter defenders to really guard um, guys like D'Lo and Anthony Edwards in this game. Um, yeah, I'm very curious to watch the matchup between whoever is guarding Cat, whether it's um, Evan Mobley or Jared Allen. I think that's going to be a fun matchup to watch. But again, you, it, I just feel like this number is a little short here at minus three and a half. Uh, Cleveland since All Star break, one and one. Uh, they're one and they're actually zero and two against the spread. They lost to Detroit one hundred six one hundred three. They came back and beat Washington ninety two eighty six. So. Uh, I agree with you on the Minnesota side here. Uh, anything on the total, Terrell? At uh, let me see here, the updated number at two eighteen and a half. Mm, probably over. It's Minnesota on the road. Yeah. Even 
it's a con- slight concern for the Cavs and will they be able to score, but we've seen this team be still really good without the guard play. Mm-hmm. And they just lean on the bigs, the Kevin Loves, the Evan, uh, Evan Mobley's, the Jared Allen's, the Laurie Markkinen's. So we've seen them lean on them for scoring before, so I'm not really too concerned about them being able to score, but I think that Minnesota's going to be able to get whatever they want today. All right, let's get over to the next game of the night. We have the Toronto Raptors headed to Brooklyn to take on the Nets where the Toronto Raptors opened up as a two and a half point favorite. That number is all the way out to minus four total opened up at two twenty two and a half. That number has come down to two eighteen and a half. Checking the injury report for both of these teams for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, KD still out a couple more games. Uh, we know about Kyrie not being able to play for the Toronto Raptors. OG Ananobi is out with a right finger, uh, sorry, right hand ring finger fracture. Uh, Fred Van Vliet also questionable tonight with right knee soreness. Um, let's start with the side here, Terrell. Let's call it minus four. Uh, let me get the update. Yeah, minus four for the Raptors in Brooklyn tonight. Yeah, if if Fred Van Vliet goes, I really like the Raptors today. This okay. is this feels like the spot where they can come back and get a win. That they can come back and get a win after being blown out the first two games at the All-Star. They had some time to recuperate. They had some time to figure out, hey, what are we doing wrong? How are we starting All-Star break like this, coming back mm-hmm. from the All-Star break like this? Yeah. So if Red Flame Fleet is there to add to the level of scoring, I think Pascal Siakam can still have a really good game here mm-hmm. and test the level of that defense of the Brooklyn Nets, which is still struggling. They still don't have Ben Simmons out there. And so they're still going to be a little bit struggling on defensive end. I think that this is an opportunity for them to test that. And we already know what Toronto is like defensively. Nick Nurse is one of the great coaches in the NBA right now. And he is huge on defense and he gets this team going no matter who is out there in the lineup. So I think that regardless if Fred Van Fee plays or not, they're going to be after it defensively and they're going to get after it and really push and make the Nets work for their shots. The only concern here, obviously, would be a Andre Drummond because mm-hmm. Andre Drummond has 14 straight games with 11 or more boards against the Raptors. Yep. 13 of 14, he's had 12 or more. Wow. So of four, 11 or more in 14 straight, and then 13 of that 14, it was 12 or more. So only one, he had 11 for, for real. So I'm all over Andre Drummond rebounds tonight. Yeah. I will actually bet his rebound. I'll ladder his rebounds plop all the way up because there's just – I don't think he's going to have an issue with Pascal Siakam down there mm-hmm. getting rebounds. So it's really going to be on the efficiency of the Raptors today, and that's what's going to decide this game. Can the Raptors be efficient? Because they're not going to get too many chances for second-chance points with Andre Drummond on the court. So they need to be efficient in what they do offensively and go ahead and score when they can and when they slow the pace down and when they get their shots. So – I'll be looking forward to that. This is going to be a really, really good game. This is the another one of first of two games set for these two. Yeah. I think that the Raptors win this first one, and when they go on the road and Kyrie comes back, the Nets steal the second one in Toronto. So, Yeah, Raptors have been struggling on offense since the All-Star break. They only scored 93 against Charlotte and then 100 against the Atlanta Hawks in back-to-back nights, and they gave up 125 and 127 in both of those games, losing uh, by about 27, 28 points each. Uh, for the Brooklyn Nets, they, their defensive struggles continue as well, where they've given up 129 
to the Boston Celtics in the first game back from all-star break. And they have 123, but that was in a victory against the Milwaukee Bucks on Saturday night. Um, yeah, I, I think that the handicap is correct that with Kyrie back in the road game in Toronto, I think that's where you kind of want to back Brooklyn. Um, but this is an important set for both these teams. Looks like it'll probably be a split here. Uh, they are seventh and eighth. They're only separate by one game of the Eastern Conference, so they know what's at stake here. So I believe, yeah, you're right that they'll they'll probably split this with Toronto winning tonight and then the Brooklyn Nets going up to Toronto eh, with Kyrie Irving being eligible to play. Well, is he going to be eligible, eligible to play in Toronto with the Canadian? I don't know if they have a mandate for vaccinated players. I'm not sure. I have to okay, that, that might be something sure. we might have to check. I thought they said that they have to be vaccinated to play there, but um, I'll check that. But regardless, as far as tonight, um, yeah, I think this is a game where Raptors offense needs need to show up. And I think this is a game where they can against this Brooklyn Nets defense. Um, look for Pascal Siakam to have a big game. Hopefully, Fred Van Vliet's able to go for the Raptors. But if he's not, I think you should be all over the Pascal Siakam uh, points props and maybe even a rebounds prop tonight for him. Uh, so let's go minus four on the Raptors here against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, anything else for this? Uh, or sorry, I didn't get to the total here, Terrell. Um, that number is right now at 218 and a half. I'm lean. I lean under because I think that the Raptors are going to be more locked in on defense after those first two showings after the All-Star break. Okay. And we know the Raptors are where if they don't have to score a bunch of points, they probably won't score a bunch of points. Mm-hmm. And so if they're able to shut down effectively what the Nets are doing, then it's going to be pretty smooth sailing for them. I don't think that they're going to try to run the score up on them at all. Okay. Uh, let's get over to the game of the night. We have the Chicago Bulls headed down to South Beach to take on the Miami Heat, where the Miami Heat opened up as a three-point favorite. That number is up to minus four. Total opened up at 225.5. That number has ticked down by a point to 224.5. Checking the injury report here for both of these squads, for the Chicago Bulls, Alonzo uh, Ball, AC, continue to be out Nikola Vucevic is probable, and that is the only significant injuries for the Chicago Bulls. For the Miami Heat, uh, Kyle Lowry is going to be out for this game with personal reasons. Caleb Martin, questionable with left Achilles soreness, um, and that is pretty much it. Let's start with the side here, Terrell, minus four for the uh, Miami Heat hosting the Chicago Bulls. This is tough because... These are one and two in the in the East, one and two in the East. Yep. And we have Jimmy Butler versus DeMar DeRozan, which is probably the matchup of the night. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to figure out how this line has creeped all the way up into two possessions. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. I, I can't confidently say that the Miami Heat are two possessions better than the Chicago Bulls. Maybe maybe thus because the Bulls are lacking defensively right now. Yeah. But they've also shown this, that they can just get whatever they want on the offensive end of the basketball right now. And they're not really too concerned with their lack of defense because they're going to put up just as many points as the other team puts up. Mm-hmm. And DeMar Rosen is literally playing outside of his mind, literally out of his mind right now. Yeah. And so when you have that, when you have a Zach Levine and you have – a Vucevic who is very familiar with his Miami t- team 
with all his time in Orlando and playing against them all those times every year. So it just feels like this spread is a, t- is a hair too high. I'm getting in the four and a half, four and a half range. That doesn't feel right. It really doesn't feel right. I'm taking the Chicago Bulls here. I think the Bulls are one of the best offensive teams out. And because they don't have Alonzo or don't have Alice Caruso, they're able to just put up their most their best offensive lineup every single night and just go get a whole bunch of buckets, to be honest. And so that I think that's a little bit too much for Miami to handle. This game is going to be close. This game is going to be within possession, whether it goes Miami's way, whether it goes Chicago's way. Chicago has a little bit more to play for as they're trying to cut in the gap and get back into that first seat. However, yeah, give me give me the Chicago Bulls four and a half. Yeah, this is a third matchup between these two squads um, this season. Miami's won both of them. They won the first matchup 107-104. They won the second matchup 118-92. But I have to go inside the box score and see. Uh, let me see quickly if I can do that. Um, That's when everybody was out. Yeah, I think everybody was out in that game for the Chicago Bulls. But, yeah, if this gets outside of four, um, I'm not sure if it's going to tick up a little more. I want to take the Chicago Bulls as a dog here. But, yeah, this is the this line kind of seems spot on. Um, it seems too it, – for me, it's too large. It's way so? too big. Why, are you, why do you have the number one and number two team in the East playing and you're giving one – in the two possessions you're giving them two possessions and they're the they're the two best teams so they're not that far off they're really not that far off i think the only thing that you can say is that the heat play a little bit better defense but as we've yeah. seen from the chicago bulls recently they don't care who's in front of them they mm-hmm. really don't care who's in front of them they're going to score the basketball and they're going to score the basketball in bunches this line is way too large yeah i mean I, i've been on the bulls all season long and they've been a cash cow for me um yeah, I guess I'll lean with Chicago here as well. Um, yeah, at four, this was two and a half. I'd be on the on the Miami Heat, but it's creeped up a point and a half. And looking toward is getting to four and a half. So, yeah, I'll, I'll lean with Chicago Bulls here as well. Um, There's a big game for both them. They know it that you know if they want to get to that number one seed, um, this is a game that's going to obviously matter for them and the head to head. Uh, look for uh, DeMar DeRozan, like you said, playing out of his mind. He's going to do his thing. Look for Zach Levine to also step up here tonight as well. Uh, he's kind of been okay over the past couple of games here. That's just because DeMar DeRozan has been playing so well. But um, this is the game where your stars have to shine. I expect both Levine and DeMar DeRozan, even Vucevic, to have big games for the Chicago Bulls here tonight. Um, anything on the total here, Terrell, at uh, 224.5? No, I'm not really interested in the total in this one. I really All right. Don't have a, a lean either. I don't have a lean either way. I mean, that's you. You're the total guy, but I really don't have a lean either way. But I'm seeing four and a halfs out here. Yeah. And that's way too. That's way too much for a Chicago Bulls team that is really good. And I like getting them as dogs. Mm-hmm. I think that they're they're they play they play with a little bit different of a hunger when they're sitting here as dogs. And this team, if Io DeSomu gets going in this game. And, you know, add that to Kobe White coming off the bench. And now they got somewhat of a, of a backup center in Tristan Thompson. We'll see what he does and how he'll be able to go and contend in that second unit. But this team is going to this team is going to be good. This team is going to be good. Their bench isn't bad. They have a solid rotation. They can go eight or nine deep if needed. Mm-hmm. They'll be good. They'll be good. I think that this game is going to come down to a possession. 
All right, let's get over to the next game of the night. We have the San Antonio Spurs headed to Memphis to take on the Grizzlies, where the Grizzlies opened up as an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. That number has stayed the the course at eight and a half. Uh, the bigger number here, the bigger move has been on the total here. Open up two thirty four and a half. That number is all the way out to two thirty seven and a half. Starting to see some two thirty eights pop up. Check the injury report for both of these teams for the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, everybody is pretty much healthy. The only one on the injury report is Doug McBuckets. He's questionable with right knee soreness. For the Memphis Grizzlies, we know about Dylan Brooks being out. Brandon Clark is questionable tonight with a left eye injury, and that is pretty much it. Terrell, let's start with the side here. Minus eight and a half for the Memphis Grizzlies hosting the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, I'm just going to lay the points. Yeah. It's I'm just going to lay the points for <laughs> Memphis here. It's, it's, not, it's, it's just because I feel like Memphis is in another mode right now, mm-hmm. and Memphis is really locked into these games. And now they see the Suns teetering. Mm-hmm. They see the Warriors teetering. And if there's ever a chance to go make a push and there's ever a chance to go make a move, it is now. It is It is now. So yeah. I'm expecting to see them get after it tonight. Jaron Jackson Jr. puts up some crazy numbers against the Spurs in his last six games. He's 22, 12, 21, 24, 22, 24. So I'm seeing his points at 17 and a half right now. Give me the over. Give me Jerry Jackson Jr. 20 points and a win, actually. That's around plus 200 odds. That's pretty good and juicy. I like that. John Morant, he has some very good games. He's got multiple 40-point games against the Spurs already. I'm not fading this Memphis team right now. Yes, the Spurs are playing decent basketball. I think that they may have a chance to continue with this, but at the end of the day, the Spurs are a bad basketball team, and we're getting into the point in the season where you just need to start fading these bad teams, especially when they're playing against contenders like this. The The tanking just comes out, and so it may not be on purpose. It may not be intentional, but it just comes out. This is a spot where I'm perfectly fine laying a big number. Give me the eight and a half of Memphis. Yeah, this is the third matchup between these two teams head-to-head this season, uh, and Memphis has won both of those games. First one was back on New Year's Eve. Memphis won 118-105, and then uh, they played on January 26th, uh, where Memphis went into San Antonio and got the victory 118-110. Um, but yeah, I looked at this line. I thought this should have been in double digits at least. San Antonio defensively has just been atrocious. I mean, not even since post-Ultra Brave, but prior to that as well. Um uh, obviously, they had that double overtime game where they gave up 153 to the Washington Wizards in double OT, but came back the other night in the back-to-back situation. They gave up 133 to the Miami Heat, um, and that was without DeJounte Murray. Three straight games have gone over the total for the San Antonio Spurs. Um, and then the Memphis Grizzlies were on a run of about, I think, seven, eight straight overs before the last two games have gone under the total for them, but they're still putting up the points. As far as the total, I do like the Memphis team total more than the full game total. Uh, it's at still at 122.5, but they put up 118 in both of the games so far this season. And again, defensively so far over the last five games and post-All-Star break, San Antonio has not been very good. So give me uh, Memphis team total to get at least 123 points here tonight. It's a big number, but I think they can get it done. And I think we're both laying the points here, minus eight and a half for the Memphis Grizzlies against the Spurs here tonight. Uh, anything else for this game, Terrell? 
No, no, I'm good. All right, let's take one quick break here, bud. We'll come back and we'll get to the final two games of the night, and then we'll wrap it up with our lock and docs. We'll be right back after we hear from our sponsors. There are never enough things to gamble on, and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. The best part is, now there is a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about horses? Not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner circle. Play, race, win. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bet. March Madness is right around the corner and PropSwap is your place to cash in on the big dance. Every season, prop swappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college teams. Now is the time to find those Cinderella's while the odds are high. So get to your sports book, buy a handful of tickets, and sell them on PropSwap. Remember, only one team needs to make a run, and that will pay for the rest. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry and download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering tickets based on the best value, a free activity to stay in the know with all the big sales, and red hot tickets for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app. The SGPN app is now live in the Apple Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all of our free picks and podcasts. And don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming off of the break, let's get to the final two games of the night. We have the Charlotte Hornets headed to Milwaukee to take on the Bucks, where the Bucks opened up as a 10-point favorite. That number is all the way up. Well, not all the way up, but it's up by half a point to 10.5. Total opened up at 242. That number has come down to around 240.5. Starting to see some 240s pop up. Check the injury report for both of these teams. For the Milwaukee Bucks, Pat Covington continues to be out. Uh, and then we know about George Hill and Brooke Lopez, but everybody else is a go. Uh, Charlotte Hornets did play yesterday against the Detroit Pistons in, I think it went to either double overtime or I know it went to overtime for sure. Um, so they're going to be have some heavy legs here tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks. But let's start with the side here, Terrell, uh, minus 10.5 for the Milwaukee Bucks hosting the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, this game's a lock for me. Give me Charlotte plus 10 and a half. I have no idea why this number is this large. It actually does. It is comical, and it really doesn't make that much sense to me at all. Because, and I've been sitting here, and I've been preaching to everybody. I've been telling you, if you heard me, you know. The lack of the bench for the Milwaukee Bucks is absolutely atrocious. There is literally non-existent. They have nobody on the bench that can go create their own, their own shot. So now, but 
uh, Mike Budenholzer has to go and try to rotate his starters around to keep a starter on the court at any given time because there's nobody on the bench that can get their own shot, which one throws them off because they're already not used to that rotation playing with these bench players. But also, you're just tiring out your starters. And then you also are sitting with Drew Holiday, who just seems like he's a shadow of himself and can't do shit right now. And where you have a Charlotte Hornets team that is more defined, they actually have players on the bench that can go out and score. You have a Bucks team where you could, at least in the past, you could say, hey, well, at least the Bucks can defend. At least they got defenders on the bench. Well, they're not defending shit. They just gave up 120 in two games in a row. Yeah. And Charlotte is, is just as good as an offensive team as Brooklyn and as Philadelphia. So... <clears throat> Ten and a half is comical. There's some teams that just have your number, and Charlotte has the Bucks number. They 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 had a big favor. They were a bit large favorite last time they played. The last time they played, they were a large favorite, and they w- lost that game by two. Not the last time, but in January when they played, they lost that game by two. And then the last two times they played, when they were played in Charlotte, and they played that back to back set. Mm-hmm. Then here comes the Charlotte Hornets and win as dogs both nights outright. Yep. So it doesn't make no. It doesn't make any sense to me. Charlotte just has the Bucks number. They're they are a better team than everybody is giving them credit for, and they play the Bucs really, really tough. I'm not expecting the Bucs to run away with this game at all. Give me Charlotte plus the 10.5 and sprinkle on the money line because, again, they have this team's number. It is, you're telling me that they lost by two last time they were in Milwaukee, and mm-hmm. if one thing falls one way or another, and actually at least Milwaukee's bench was probably a little bit better at that point in time. Now they really don't have anything, and they're relying on Serge Ibaka coming off the bench to do the scoring for them. So, yep. Serge Ibaka. Let me, let me get Charlotte here. Sprinkle on the money line, plus 10 and a half. It, it's pretty easy for me. Yeah, this is the fourth matchup uh, this season, the fourth and final matchup. Like Terrell said, uh, the Charlotte Hornets are 2-1 and one straight up against the Milwaukee Bucks this season, 3-0 and oh against the spread. Um, they lost uh, the December 1st matchup by two points. And then like Terrell mentioned the back-to-back sets where Charlotte won both of those games by eight points and then four points uh, in those games. I believe that Giannis did not play in one of those, but I don't think it matters uh, defensively. Like you mentioned, that's what's going to suck out for me for the Milwaukee Bucks. They are struggling often or sorry, defensively, even prior to the all-star break. I mean, they gave up, I think in four straight, four straight games here, five straight games. Uh, they've given up uh, 120 more points in four of those five games. They gave up 119 to the Indiana Pacers. So, and the one other thing that kind of sticks out to me is that the uh, Milwaukee Bucks are not doing a great job defending the three point line. They are number 28 in the entire league over their last five games, uh, where teams are getting up or making 14 three point shots per game. And I think this is a game where. We might see the three-point shots starting to fall for the Charlotte Hornets between Terry Rozier, uh, Kelly Oubre Jr., P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, LaMelo. Um, they broke out their offensive funk a little bit yesterday. And I think that they can, you know, the success that they've had this season against the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, coupled with breaking out their offense last night and then Milwaukee not being a great three-point defending team, uh, I think that this is a game where Charlotte can keep it close uh, and stay within this number. So I agree with you. Uh, I'm looking for something outside of 10 uh, and a half or anything out of 10, uh, I think is a good number right now. It's consensus 10 and a half across the board here, Terrell, but uh, I agree with you there as well. Uh, thoughts on the total here at 240 and a half. It is a big number, but Milwaukee, like we said, are struggling defensively. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I'm, I'm really not touching it, but 
I can't take Charlotte and Milwaukee's under right under. now. I could I could see it. I could see it going under. I wouldn't be surprised if it went under, but okay. I'm I'm really not touching this line right now. But neither team is really doing anything defensively at this point in time. Yeah, and because I think that Charlotte will be in this game, I think that there is a possibility that this game can get a little bit closer of a defensive game. So, I. I I can't see myself betting the under in this one, but if it went under, I really wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I think Charlotte team total at 115 might be a, a, a play here for me. Um, again, when we talked about the concerns of the Bucks defense along with their three-point defense has not been great. Number 28, like I said, over the last five games. So um, I'd probably sprinkle on that at, at over 115 for the Charlotte Hornets team total. Anything else for this game, Troll, for we get to the last game of the night? No, no, let's go. All right, let's get over to the last game of the night. We have the Sacramento Kings headed to OKC to take on the Thunder, where the Sacramento Kings opened up as a four and a half point favorite. That number is up to minus five. Total opened up at 222 and a half. That number has skyrocketed all the way up to 228 and a half, a six point move on the total there. Uh, let's check the injury report for both of these teams. For the Oklahoma City Thunder, pretty significant here. Lou Dort is out. Josh Giddy is out. Ty Jerome is out. Uh, we know about Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Kenrich Williams is also out. Uh, for the Sacramento Kings, Terrence Davis is out, and Rashawn Holmes is questionable, but everybody else is a go. Start with the side here, Terrell. Minus five on the road here for the Sacramento Kings in OKC. This is a tough one, but it's really hard. It's really hard to back OKC with everybody out like this. Yeah. It, they make it really, really tough. Sacramento, I think, is slightly on the up and up. Slightly on the up and up. They just had a really tough series against the Nuggets. They lost both games, but if you really watch those games, the Kings were, and I did because I was on the Kings in both games. Mm-hmm. The Kings were competitive in the first game up until about the fourth quarter. That's when they lost it, and it's about it's about the same thing. They were, I mean, they've stayed competitive throughout the course of the game for the second game, but the first game they were really competitive for three quarters. They were competitive against the Bulls. They got absolutely thrashed by the Nets in a game that nobody really saw coming, and then they got really good win against. The Timberwolves when Sabonis came over and a strong win against the Wizards, who are a bad team on the road. So I'm just going to fade them against – I mean, I'm going to just take them against bad teams. I think that they can play bad teams and win games and effectively cover a spread. I mean, four and a half is is rather large getting into two possessions, but I think that's fine. I don't think that they have any issue covering this. I think that the Thunder are not going to go lying down I don't expect them to go lying down at all. I actually think that this is going to be a close game for maybe three, three and a half quarters, but I do expect the Kings to pull away at the end. And whether it's foul shots or anything that pushes this over the number, I think that it's going to push over the number. I like Sabonis here, three yeah. props. He has mm-hmm. he has two – he's coming off two back-to-back games with a triple-double against the Thunder, and then he has five straight games of a, at least a double-double. So I like his – I like. well, you're not going to get a good number on his double-double, but I do like his triple-double props here. I think that this is an opportunity where everybody can score. He's been having the opportunity to get these, but people just haven't been putting the ball in the basket. 
And so that's really what's slowing him down. I think this is the opportunity for everybody around him to score and he'll get those assists. So I'm not really worried. I think that this is a triple double day for Sabonis around plus 650 odds, somewhere around there, 700, 700, wherever you get at. He's it's probably around that number. Uh, and the Barnes. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go Sorry. ahead. No, no, go. I was just going to say, I uh, see that plus uh, 650 on FanDuel and then plus 500 on uh, DraftKings. So definitely shop around. Yeah, and Harrison Barnes puts up some very good numbers against Thunder. And that's somebody else that I think that if he can get him the ball and they can get scoring, then this is going to be really good for Sabonis. Harrison Barnes, last four games against Thunder, 24 points, 17 points, 21 points, 21 points. His his points prop is currently sitting at 17 and a half. I think that this is a, a portion where you slap, you, you smash the over. Smash the over on Harrison Barnes. I think this is an opportunity for him to get up. It seems like he has pretty good games against this team already. And the Thunder are just not good. The Thunder are just not good. I expect them to be in the game for a while. It's not going to be a boring game. At least I hope not. But mm-hmm. I'm going to lean on the Kings to go ahead and get the win and cover here. Yeah, uh, it's hard to argue against his injury report when you have Luke Dort out. You had Josh Giddy out. Those are two of your five starters. Um, I think it's Kings or nothing. You're right. Everything about you, you said about, you know, the, just the pure talent is better in this game for the Sacramento Kings over the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's just what it is at the end of the day. And your starting lineup for the OKC tonight is uh, Isaiah Roby, Darius Baisley, Aaron Wiggins, Trey Mann, and, and SGA against Darian Fox, Drew Holiday, Harrison Barnes, Mo Harkless, and Demonis Sabonis. So with all that being said, everything that you said, Terrell, I agree with. With, with the with the Kings here, it's crazy to lay the number against the Kings, but this OKC Thunder team is it's not good right now. They're not good, and they're at nineteen and forty one for the season. I expect the Kings to come in here and take care of business and, and get the victory here. So uh, I'll go with the Kings as well. Um, I agree about the triple double thing that you were you said. Uh, that was the first thing I looked at when I was looking at this game for Sabonis. Definitely shop around for this number, guys. I'm seeing some five. Plus 550s, plus 650s, so make sure you get the best number. And again, Sabonis, he did play for this team, so I don't know if revenge is on his mind, but it just seems that he plays well against his former team, against the OKC Thunder. Um, And again, I would probably get down on SGA props as well because he's really literally the only scoring option for the uh, Sacramento, sorry, for the OKC Thunder, currently seeing his number at 27 and a half. And I think at the All-Star break in both games, he's had 30 or more points in both of those uh, games. Let me just double check that here real quick. Um, SGA, yeah, thirty, yeah, thirty six in overtime against the Pacers, thirty two against the Phoenix Suns in a loss, and then um, quickly trying to see that he's averaging twenty seven and a half against Sacramento Kings. He had thirty three back on December twenty eighth, and then th- twenty two on Friday on November twelfth. So with Josh Giddy and like I said, Lou Dort being out, I expect. SGA to just be the dominant force here for the OKC Thunder. Anything else for this game, Terrell, before we get into our lock and dog? Uh, no, no, I'm good. All right. So let's just dive right into our picks for the schedule here tonight. I'll kick it off with my lock and my dog. Um, for my lock, let's go with... Hmm. Let's go... I'll go with the Minnesota Timberwolves minus a three and a half against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, 
Minnesota's just rolling right now. I think that guard play, not having that guard play for the Cleveland Cavaliers and perimeter defenders might catch up to them going up against D'Lo. And I think this is a game where Anthony Edwards kind of gets back on track. So give me the Minnesota Timberwolves minus three and a half um, as my lock for my dog. I think you're going to take Charlotte, so I'll stay away from that. Um, I'll go with the Bulls. Give me the Bulls plus four and a half, plus 155 on the money line. Um, Chicago knows this is a big game if they want to climb up in the standings to get to that one seed. Uh, Miami without Kyle Lowry here tonight. I think this is a game where they can go in and uh, at least get a victory on the season series where Miami has won both of the games so far this season. But Chicago, they're playing well. Like you said, DeMar DeRozan just playing at an MVP level and out of his mind. Uh, so I'll take the Bulls plus four and a half, plus 155 on the money line as my lock and dog for the night, Terrell. All right. So for my lock, I was going to make the Bulls my dog, but I'll just make them my lock. Give me the Bulls plus four and a half. This line is too big. Whether they win or lose, they're not going to lose by two possessions against the Miami team. Even if they're down in the fourth quarter, DeMar DeRozan is going to lead a comeback, and they're going to stay in this game at the very least. Okay. <clears throat> For my dog, as you aforementioned before I could, yep, I'll go ahead and take the Charlotte Hornets here. I think that they're the, the 10 and a half was going to be a lot too. So yeah. I'm on the 10 and a half. They're, I'm on the points. But – there is a possibility that they can come out and win this game. This game means a little bit more for them than it does for Milwaukee at this point in time. Milwaukee knows that they're kind of locked into the to their seating. They're going to be somewhere in that two to three range. Well, I mean, not two to three, but two to four range, maybe even five if the 76ers can get moving. So they're kind of they're set in stone, and that, that bench is just really bad, and they're yep. going to have to address it. They're going to have to address it. And you see that they've been trying to address it by going to the buyout market, but it obviously hasn't been working for them. So here we go. Charlotte Hornets plus 10 and a half plus 400 on the money line. I'll go ahead and take it. There we go. So let's kick off this last week of February on this Monday with some winners here. So just to recap, I have the Wolves minus three and a half as my lock in Cleveland tonight. And then, um, Bulls plus 155 on the money line as my dog. And then Terrell agrees 100% with his lock. Bulls plus four and a half. And he's taking the Hornets money line. Sprinkle on that. And uh, obviously the plus 10 and a half. Uh, best price I see right now, plus 425. So definitely shop around for that number on the money line for the Hornets if you're going to get down on that. Um, and again, shop around for everything, guys, because there's, there's just so many different ways you can attack it and get better numbers if you have multiple outs, especially if you're in um, states where they have legalized betting. But make sure to check out WinBet first before you get over uh, or put in any of your picks uh, for tonight. That's going to be the show for this Monday night schedule here. Terrell, uh, anything else, brother, you want to get off your chest before we get out of here? No, the people are tired of hearing me speak for today let's go ahead have a good day and the victory lap will come on wednesday yes sir so i will be back with zach for the tuesday games we'll dive into some other things around the nba um so look out for that uh make sure to head over to the website at sportsgamblingpodcast.com a lot of great stuff happening uh with all the sports that are going on um huge stuff with the um usfl a lot of great content. Uh, college guys getting ready for March Madness. I know Terrell is heavily going to be involved in that as well. So just so much great stuff happening. Make sure to also download the app SGPN on the App Store or Google Play Store. 
Uh, leave us a rating and review also for the app and as well for all the shows across the board, especially for the NBA Gambling Podcast. Uh, our show is growing and growing, but we couldn't do it without our listeners. Uh, you can find Terrell on Instagram and Twitter at reallyrell underscore underscore. Find me on Twitter at sportsnerd824. Like I said, we'll be back tomorrow uh, with myself and Zach. So look out for that pod. With that being said, good luck with your bets here tonight, guys. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, get it, get it, get it, the ball, because I'm gonna, don't get it. Basketball, get it, get it, get it, the ball, because I'm gonna, don't get it.